0: Galatians chapter 5 verses 17 to 21 This is Walking in the Spirit part 2 So Galatians chapter 5 verses 17 to 21 So grab your Bibles, let's go through this together And and just uh, another warm welcome if you're listening online or via Facebook or YouTube Or you're just scrolling through our channel or you just find our website and a warm welcome Um so last week we started, uh, as we were going through the book of Galatians, and we started a, um, a two-part sermon, really, on walking in the spirit. And so today, this is Walking in the Spirit, part two. And as we're going through the book of Galatians, verse by verse, we see that towards the end of this letter, Apostle Paul right into um, this bunch of churches that had kind of gone haywire, they gone kind of a bit weird there were judaizers who were coming into the church and they were telling them all sorts of crazy wacky doctrines and all this and that and so he's been correcting their doctrine and finally he says listen you got to love one another and then he tells them in order to for all of that to happen they have to live by the Spirit, you have to walk in the Spirit. So last week we looked at that, we looked at who the Holy Spirit was, what it means to walk in the Spirit, and we touched a little bit about the flesh. Well today we're gonna be looking at that actually if you're not yielded to the Holy Spirit, if you're not walking in the Spirit, what's going to happen is you're gonna be pursuing, you're gonna be lusting after the flesh, you're gonna be desiring things of the flesh. So what I want to do, I want to pray again uh, for God to have his way with his word and for his word to pierce our hearts. And then we're going to go dive right in. Lord, I just pray um, that you would speak to us right now, Lord. Uh, Thank you for this church. Thank you for the people listening. Thank you. If somebody's listening now who doesn't know you, Lord, that you would speak to them. By the end of this, they would be saved, Lord. In Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. You know, every time, you know, I, I like sports and I like boxing and MMA, and they usually put a date on, and and there's always a build-up. There's always these two opposing teams. They train differently. Um, there's conferences and all sorts of things. And there's these two clear rivals, and there's always the big day, the big moment, where that fight happens. And there's usually a clear winner. Well, today we're looking at two different oppositions, two different corners, and really we're in the middle, we're the ref in the middle, and whichever one wins really is the one we give into. You know, last week um, we looked at what it looks like to be walking in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, to be filled with the spirit, to be yielded to the spirit, to be surrendered to the spirit. Spirit, You know, today we wanna look at what happens when you're not walking in the spirit. Well, you end up walking in the flesh. And what comes from that are the works of the flesh. You know, first of all, what we need to understand, the spirit and the flesh are two opposing teams. Galatians 5.17, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, that means they're opposite to one another, so that you do not do things that you wish. This is the battle between the flesh and the spirit. Maybe you didn't know that there's a battle going on inside. And the battle is between your flesh and the spirit. The flesh is mentioned five times. We find in this part of Galatians, and the word flesh, what it means, it's not talking about your skin and bones, but rather that old sinful nature that still lives within. And that's why we're. Getting, one day we're going to have uh, uh, new bodies, because that's going to do away with that old nature, finally once and for all, and it's going to be done with. And we're going to have these glorified bodies. It tells us in verse seventeen. The flesh lusts against the spirit. In other words, the flesh strongly wants to do the opposite of what the Holy Spirit wants. Opposite of what the spirit wants. Somebody said, the flesh is the part of me that does not want what God wants. It's my corrupt human nature in all its weakness and depravity. You know, once I realized I would sinned before a holy and just God, I asked for forgiveness, I repented, I, meant I changed my ways about my sin, I think I no longer wanted to continue in that sin. I no longer wanted to be in the habit of that sin. What happens is I became, I become born again and the Holy Spirit lives in me, he dwells in me. The flesh that once ruled my heart, my life is dethroned. It's still there, but it's dethroned. But it's always fighting to get back to that throne. Tells us in verse 17 that these are contrary to one another. The flesh and the spirit are opposite. You know, although the flesh is mentioned five times, the spirit is mentioned seven times. find that significant. The spirit is mentioned more times. The spirit is mentioned seven times seven, the number of completeness, of perfection. The Holy Spirit is more powerful, more important and more relevant than my flesh. The Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity who comes to live in us at the point of salvation. The moment I'm saved, I'm the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And he has the ability to fight the flesh and his, his ability to oppose the flesh is constant and sure, but will only be experienced so long as I'm yielded, I'm surrendered to his control on a daily basis. As we learn to walk in the Spirit, the flesh becomes increasingly less and less. This is why in verse 16 it says we must learn to walk in the Spirit so we do not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, so we don't do the works of the Spirit. Charles Swindoll said this, the phrase walk by the Spirit in in Galatians 5.16 is another way of saying live by the Spirit. Or let your conduct, let your behaviour be directed by the Spirit The whole issue with this is control And the answer the solution is surrender Think of it this way It's like two dogs that are just fighting There's this massive tug of war, they're fighting Do you know what? Whichever dog that wins is the dog that you feed the most It's the dog you give way into, you surrender to you know this is what happens: If I do not yield, give way, allow, openly surrender wholeheartedly, to the Holy Spirit, the flesh, that old nature would naturally take control of my life. So much so that, in other words, other way it says that you do not do the things that you wish. I start now, the things I wanted to do, pursuing righteousness, doing all these good deeds, I don't want to do. Now, something happens. In other words, we do not do good things we ought to do, it, and in our best moments, would like to do what we would like to do in our best moments. We end up not doing it. So the answer to the solution to this, the answer is surrender, is complete submission to the Holy Spirit. That's why verse eighteen says, "But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law." It is spirit dependentness, not human effortness. If that's even a word, I'm making it up. We need to be spirit dependent, not human dependent. You know, the answer to the problem of the flesh is not found in the law. It's not found in human effort to keep the law. It's not found in an outer influence of human will, human strength, or human power, or trying harder. The will of God is fulfilled. Through the influence of the Holy Spirit God effectively writes the law of God His law on, in our hearts On the inside You know this is the great work of salvation This is the great work of us being delivered, being rescued It is the, it, it is the new covenant It is the, the new promise It's the New Testament and the Old Testament talks about this in Jeremiah 31, 33, and it says, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and I shall be my people. Here's the point in all of this. I just recently got a petrol trimmer. It's like four in one, four in one tools in it. And when you buy it, you have to get oil, you have to get the petrol and all these different things. I was just thinking about this the other day, like that tool, if I get my hedge trimmer and just start whacking at my hedge, right? Yes, I might cut down my hedge, but it's going to look ugly. But it's going to take more work, more effort from me. And I'm just going to end up frustrated, angry and upset. But when actually I pull pull the two-stroke engine and I use it as it meant to, you know, it's, it's, it's less easy work when I give myself over to the manual and how to actually use the tool. And I read the instructions and I follow the instructions. I yield to the instructions. I'm going to make less hard work of this. And here's the point. You're either living by the power of the Holy Spirit in His strength, or you're trying to do it on your own. In fact, when you try and do it on your own, the results are going to be the works of the flesh. When we rely on the Holy Spirit, the result is righteous behavior and spiritual attitudes, which we're going to get to next to the fruit of the Spirit next week. But when you live by the law, trying to do it yourself, trying to strive, work harder in this human effort, what you're going to end up producing is that sinful behavior and attitudes of the flesh. So now Paul's going through this systematically, logically. Now he's going to talk about the works of the flesh. In fact, I don't want to dwell too long on these. What I want to dwell more on are the fruit of the Spirit. So next week, that's what we're going to be starting, um, continuing on in the book of Galatians on that. Verse 19 says, Now the works of the flesh are evident which are He's saying, look, the result of you being in the flesh, you can clearly see them. Now, the list he gives, these aren't the only thing. He gives some. He's almost saying, come on, I know you know these, but I'm just going to have to put them down. You can almost group these into four different categories. The first category could be the sexual sins. Second category could be religion. Third, society, and the fourth, to do a drink. Now, I have to put a disclaimer here. You know, a Christian can fall into any of these works of the flesh. But if someone's life is characterized as defined by this list, it proves that salvation hasn't taken place. There's a difference there. Me, as a Christian, I might fall into one of these things. The very last verse we're going to look at is going to explain this even further. But the person who's not saved, who doesn't have Christ on the throne of their heart, this is a list that defines them. So, let's break this down, the works of the flesh. Let's start with the first category, sexual sins. It says, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lewdness. You know, adultery is where we get the word in the Greek is ponia. That's where the word pornography comes from. You know, it's cheating on your husband or wife. In fact, Matthew five eighteen it actually says the Bible tells us it says, if you lust after a woman, you've committed adultery. So that second look, that look of lust there, the Bible says you you've you've committed adultery. But but I'm single, hey one day you might be married, you're cheating on your future husband or wife. But it, 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 no, there is no excuse. And here's the point here. A lot of times we confuse love and lust. Have you noticed a similarity between the 2 Let's Both start with L, they're both four letter words. Love, lust. And in our culture, there are a lot of dating shows and all kinds of things, and they tell people, I am in love with someone, or I've fallen in love, or I've fallen out of love. Now I think the love that they talk about is a self-centered love. In fact, it's lust. They've fallen out of lust with someone, they've fallen in lust with someone. So he talks about uh, adultery, he talks about fornication, not being pure, before marriage, we live in a culture where it's okay to move in and sleep with someone who is not your husband or wife, and it's accepted, it's kind of seen as the norm. The Bible always has said that there's certain things that are for the marriage bed. Clearly, it's in Scripture. And so, Paul's saying, look, these are a result of the works of the flesh. It goes on and talks about uncleanness, another word for that, and purity. It's meaning more uncleanness in thought would indeed. It's not just enough that maybe you haven't committed the act, you haven't done it, but you have you thought about it, you've toyed about it. You know, God's standards are so holy. They are so higher. They're so much higher, the expectations are so much higher than what we would say that God says, look, even you thinking about it. It counts as you doing it. You've sinned. And maybe you're just somebody who just logged in or you haven't been to church in a while and you just hearing these things. You're like, you know what? Tick, that's me. Tick, that's me. Tick, that's me. What do I do with this? What do I do with all of this? Bible tells us that those who are still in their sin, they stand condemned already. They, there's a sentence. But... Tells us, the Bible tells us in John 3.16 For God so loved the world That he gave his only begotten son That whoever believes in him shall not perish But have everlasting life So here's the point If you believe that Jesus Christ Died on the cross for your sins first of all You realize like look Do you know what? I'm a sinner I've been sinning I've been doing the wrong thing I've sinned against the holy God That there's good news that Jesus Christ made a way so you can have a new relationship with God. A brand new, total, 100% relationship with God and that your sins are forgiven. And perhaps maybe you're listening to this and in your minds are like, I want that. You know, God can hear you. And if you've done that or you've made a commitment towards the end of this video, you know, we want to know about it. Please email us at admin at pillarcc.co.uk or flag us up on Facebook or on YouTube, wherever. You know, we want to connect with you. We want to know um, when you make the commitment and we want to help you in as much as we can. So it talks about uncleanness. It talks about lewdness. You know, it's just that lack of shame. You know, the watershed, it used to be, there was nothing that was kind of impure before nine, but that's out the window. There are all kind of crazy shows that just show off all kinds of walks and all kinds of parades and all kinds of things. It's that shamelessness is gone. It's been replaced with a pride that I am prideful of my sin, I of my lust. I'm prideful of what I'm doing. And in fact, I want you To give me a badge of honor I want you To publicly Say that I'm doing a good job You know that Is the last mark of society Isn't it When our conscience You know our conscience That comes from a Latin word Meaning with Knowledge Where we have the knowledge To know that what we're doing Is immoral Or it's not right But yet we still continue to do it What happens is Our conscience becomes deadened It doesn't work properly. In fact, it's insensitive and it doesn't work anymore. We no longer know that, you know what, that's shameful, that's not right. What I'm doing is wrong. We no longer are sensitive to it. Lewdness is this excessive sensual behavior, lack of restraint, and no restraint you're going for it. So The second section is talking about religion. It says in verse 20, idolatry and sorcery. You know, idolatry is anything we put before God. Whether it's worshipping a false image or a false God. Even good things can be idols. But here's what's interesting, sorcery. Now when we think of this, we're thinking of potions and kind of spells and kind of things. But here's what's interesting. If you have a different Bible translation, it'll say witchcraft. You know, this would also, under all of this, sorcery, it would, things like conjuring up spirits to produce some kind of result, people who read palms and fortune tellers. And it also includes the area of recreational drugs. How, how can we justify, how do we know? Well, the Greek word is the word pharmakia where we get the word pharmacy, pharmaceutical. And John McCullough said this, that in the, back in the days, in those pagan days, where there was that sorcery, there was a lot of drugs. It was a drug-induced spells and sorcery and witch-doctory that was going on at the same time. You know, America has a huge problem in the legalizing of marijuana, and, and it's, a, it's a big business. You know, even worse in America and in the UK uh, a lot of people are addicted to prescription drugs. In the sense that, this is is from a survey that was submitted to the NHS, it said one in four people are taking, and I quote, addictive prescription medicines such as antidepressants, sleeping pills and opioid painkillers. And a lot more people are becoming so dependent on these. Paul goes on and he says you know these all these things are works of the flesh then he goes to a third category and says when it comes to society and he says it says hatred you know this is strong feelings of you really are hostile towards someone Towards an individual or group of people You know, and you're not even willing to work it out You hang on to that anger And you allow bitterness to grow in your heart You know, hate equals murder, the Bible tells us That if you hate your brother, you've committed murder It's the same as killing him It goes on, it talks about contentions Well, strife, discord, divisions But it normally starts with That hate, isn't it? You hold on to it and sooner or later you see that person and divide. And this is what happens sadly in churches. This is what happens in society. Neighbors, brothers, sisters who haven't talked to each other for, for years. And it starts with a disagreement and somebody holds on to that hate. Talks about jealousies, wanting what other people have. Always going to have somebody with more. You're always going to have that. Somebody is going to be better than you. They're going to have a better car. They're going to have better, you name it. And being content is such a weapon. Such a, such a secret that you can use, especially against feeling like this. J. C. JCPenney was known, you know, he had more money than he could spend. More money than cents. But he always said, just one more dollar. Just one more, just one more. It was the pursuit of money, the pursuit of this happiness. Outbursts of wrath. Fits of anger, bursts of anger. You know, I just I just went upstairs. Now, all my clothes, they're, they're folded in categories. So you have the long sleeves, you have the polo shirts, you have the shirts. And my children were playing in our bedroom. And I just went in and all the clothes were everywhere. And it was their bedtime. I wanted to wake them up. Like, you are going to fold. I don't care if you're two or six. You're going to fold those clothes back up. And I realized, you know what? This is a lot of anger. I need to come right down. I need to come right down. It's not the right way. I'll get them in the morning. I'll have them in the morning. But, in know, outbursts of wrath. You know, you look at videos of road rage where somebody just completely loses it because somebody cut them up. Or oh, the Sunday driver is, is driving really They're driving to the speed limit, but the driver is so slow, and somebody gets so angry they just burst out. They just burst there. They're not even in control. It's almost as if that anger has taken control of them, and they're almost watching, thinking, Am I really doing this? I don't know if you ever had that moment where you're that angry, you're almost watching yourself um, do whatever you're doing. It says all those things that works of the flesh. Selfish ambitions, you know at the end of the day with all these lists it's It's just trying to please self It's not even other-centred, it's self-centered It's self-centeredness. It's only thinking about you dissensions. It talks about Disagreements that lead to a split it's the result of self-centered people because they only think about themselves. They don't care about anyone else So guess what? They're going to end up walking away or people walking away from them. Heresies, teaching that is against the opposite of the word of God. We are being hit every single day from the media, from TV, whatever you watch. It's, it, it's, it's, it's speaking a different Bible. It's speaking a different teaching. You know, we got to be careful what we let our children watch. You know it might seem innocent but you know what it's slowly influencing them you know every song uh, can be a sermon every TV can be a teacher and we need to be really careful we need to guard and protect especially our children against that so It says envy you want what somebody has and it angers you that you don't have what they have instead of congratulating somebody saying, wow you've done a great job this is where you are praise God You'd rather have what they have Envy And murder Unlawful Unlawful intentional killing And lastly He ends the category and he talks about Drink, It says drunkenness Reveries, drunkenness being Controlled by alcohol You know there's a balance there um, This is talking about drunkenness 1 Corinthians 6.10 it says No drunkard will inherit the kingdom Of heaven, this is where alcohol is controlling you you are not in control anymore reveries it's talking about unruly boisterous behavior drinking parties or drinking orgies, as, as some translations call it and then finally it ends with a warning and it says of which I tell you beforehand just as I also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God You know, Paul here, the warning here, he's not talking about an act of sin, but a habit of sin. You know, Christians who are just trying to pursue righteousness, who are trying to live according to what God says in his word, you know, we might fall, we might even fail, but we're convicted and we repent and we keep on struggling. There is a failure there, but it's momentary, it's not continuous, it's not habitual. There's a fight going on, there's a struggle that's going on. Whereas the one who's not going to inherit the kingdom of God, this is what defines them. They don't care about changing. In fact, they don't want to change. They want to stay exactly where they are. Well, I want to ask you a question today. You know, maybe you're a Christian, or maybe you've known God all your life, but yet you realize, you know what, I haven't been living right. Or maybe you didn't even know God, and you come to this point here, and you're like, you know what, a lot of those things on that list, that's me. Or maybe you're somebody who's struggling with a lot of these things, and you just don't know what to do. Well, you know, the answer is Jesus. You know Jesus Christ. We go to Him. The Bible tells us in 1 John 1 9, if we confess our sins, you know, it's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This is what I love about the Bible. When it says confess, the Greek word, it's a it's a it's a it's 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 a present participle, it means to keep on confessing and he'll keep on forgiving. You know, it's it gives me hope. When I realize, you know what? I still struggle with this. I still, I fail at this. But yet the righteous man, the righteous person will keep getting up. It's the Holy Spirit who's going to help me. He's going to clean me from the inside out. Sanctification. He's working in me. He's changing me. And his work is not, it's not finished yet. you know what? That gives me hope. That gives me something to live for. It just... Let's me know and have grace for my brother or sister when I realise look they might struggle in another area where I might be strong in and at the same time I might struggle in an area where they're strong in and I just realise we're just whips we're just works in progress and that's what allows me to be able to put other people and to love them and I realise look they fall short and I fall short and I want to encourage you if you're somebody who's never had made that commitment, never made that change, to say, you know what? I want to follow Jesus. I want His Holy Spirit. I want to yield. I want to walk in the Spirit. Well, I want to encourage you today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, and my wife is going to end with one more song. And I want to encourage you, if perhaps maybe one or two of these things have hit home today, I want to encourage you to do do business with God, for you to go to Him and pray to Him. If you're sitting together as a family, maybe perhaps have a time of prayer as a family and encourage one another. And I really want to thank you for listening today. And I pray that you are saying stay safe and that during this time where this is the new normal for now, that we wouldn't lose hope. We remember that we have a Holy Spirit who dwells in us, and that he gives us power, he gives us that strength, and that also he's our security to know that we belong to God. So I'm gonna pray, and my wife is gonna lead us in one more song of worship. Father God, I just thank you if there are any who've confessed, who've said they want to know you, they want to repent of their sins, Lord, that they would uh, get in contact, Lord, but you would also do business with them, Lord, and that you would just assure them that they have received that forgiveness of their sins. And Lord, I just pray for any Christians or people who have been walking and just want to rededicate, who just want a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit, who are like, do you know, I'm, I've just been hacking at this hedge of life on my own. And I and I have been relying on the Spirit. I haven't been relying. I've been I've been doing it all not the right way. Lord, I pray for those who are saying in their hearts, Lord, that you would help them to see that your Holy Spirit is there. In Jesus Christ I pray.